The stories behind Christian music's most well-known worship songs. That and more today as I welcome singer-songwriter Chris Tomlin on Making Sunday Happen. We'll also have a special appearance by pastor and author Craig Groeschel. It's episode 400. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you here. This is episode number 400 of our show, and it has been quite a journey. We started this podcast in 2015, so we've been at it for about eight years, bringing you weekly episodes, plus some bonus episodes along the way. And we also have some really exciting guests coming this year. Let me give you a sneak peek of a preview of who's coming up uh, later this year on the podcast. I have Daniel Gorley from Worship Leader Probs. Uh, and Five Words Media. Also, my friend Katie Allred, worship leaders Shane and Shane, lead pastor of Southeast Christian Church Kyle Eidelman, author Clarence Schuler, pastor and author Craig Groeschel, and more. And speaking of Craig Rochelle, that interview is in the can, uh, and I'd love to go ahead and share a little clip of our conversation, so a little special appearance by Craig Rochelle today. This is me and Craig talking about his brand new book, Winning the War of Your Mind for Teens. Uh, it's his latest book out now. We also kind of dive into Winning the War of Your Mind for Adults, this, his first book, and this is a, a teen version of that. So here is a sneak peek of my interview with him. Check this out. I want to go ahead and dive into to this book. This is Winning the War in Your Mind for Teens. Now, this is a student version of the first book. Why now? Uh, why did you re- release this one specifically for teens right now? Well, first of all, you know, when we wrote the book, I wrote the book Winning the War in Your Mind. It it um it kind of exceeded our expectations, and mm-hmm. which is exciting and it's kind of sad because what it tells you is that there are so many people that are facing very real battles in their mind. And we, as we know, there's so many issues with mental health. And then two things happened. One is that, you know, I'm raising six kids and seeing what they're going through. And so I've always had a heart for them and for students. And then there was kind of just parents all over saying, is there any way possible we can have a version of this for our teenagers? And so it just was kind of like the perfect collision of, my heart for it and what seemed to be a need for it. And so um, I got together with some you know, good people that specialize in ministry, that age group, and, and uh, rewrote the book in the direction toward teenagers. And it hasn't been out long. And the good news is we're hearing that a lot of teens are reading it. Um, it's helpful. A lot of parents are reading it and reading it with their teens. And then a lot of youth groups are actually going through the book as well. So it's, I'm encouraged because the need is great. And I think it's a resource that can be really helpful. I had a great conversation with Craig about his brand new book. Uh, it's all about the battle of your mind. Uh, again, his first book on the topic, Winning the War of Your Mind. And then this one is a teen version uh, directly for teenagers and their parents. Uh, we also talked about 
being a ministry leader, how to have longevity in ministry, uh, and more. The full episode, my full interview with Craig Rochelle will be released this fall, so you don't want to miss it. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to all of our platforms so that you never miss an episode, especially that one coming this fall. All right, well, let's get to it. Chris Tomlin is the most sung artist anywhere. He sold over 7 million albums. He's been awarded 23 GMA Dove Awards, a Grammy, two platinum albums, Uh, His songs like How Great Is Our God, Our God, Whom Shall I Fear, Good Good Father, and others are anthems for a generation of worshipers. My family and I uh, went to a concert recently uh, with Chris uh, as he came to town. Uh, my my two young boys got to kind of go up on uh, the in the mosh pit area right in front of the of the stage for a few songs. Uh, we had a great time worshiping with Chris uh, in South Carolina. Uh, his his uh, stories of worship tour is out now. I highly encourage you uh, to check out his website. Check out when the tour is. See if it's coming to uh, your city uh, or a city near you, and feel free to uh, grab tickets and go to that concert. It will be well worth your time. All right, my interview with Chris Tomlin will be right up after this. Hey, guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you would so that you never miss an episode of the show. Just go to youtube.com slash 1230media, all spelled out, to find and subscribe now. Click the alarm bell to be notified of all future episodes. You can subscribe at youtube.com slash 1230media. That's all spelled out, youtube.com slash 1230media. Hey guys, today I welcome singer-songwriter, worship leader Chris Tomlin. Chris is a long time coming, man. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me on the show, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, so I was, uh, we've crossed paths over the years. I was a guy, I uh, have a background in radio. So I was a guy that would go backstage with a little recorder with a, like a sheet of liners and say, hey, man, can you read this? Hey, this is Chris yeah. Tomlin. And you're listening to, hey, this is Chris <laughs> Tomlin. Are you, I'm, I'm yeah. that guy. So you probably, I probably annoyed you over the years. Oh, that's all good, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I love uh, it. Well, man, thanks so much for uh, for hanging out. And uh, I've also been uh, been ordered by my wife to let you know that uh, that we sung your songs at our wedding uh, back in the day, 2009. So we had the congregation actually sing and and worship. Uh, And so uh, so thanks for being part of of our journey. And and thanks for the memories, man. I know that you've been a part of so many stories. So you've been a part of mine. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And tell your wife. Thank you as well. Yeah, that's very kind. I mean, that means a lot. Yeah, man. So how does it how does it feel with that? I know that you have been a part of so many stories. How does it feel? How do you stay humble when so many people can, you know, say that they sung your songs every single week? Um, how does that how does that experience? How, what's that joy like for you? Well, man, I tell you, it's the it's the greatest privilege uh, for me. It's what I'm most grateful for. Um, uh, when, when I think about the things that I've gotten to do and I think about the, any accolades have come or awards or anything like that, nothing compares to that simple thing of that. When people say, man, we sing your songs in our church, you, or this song has been uh, used in my life in this way. That means more to me than hits and all the things, you know, 
that's it just it, that's what it is for me. I always wanted to try to write songs that would give people a voice to worship God and and so to, to for them to connect that way and for for a song to kind of go past you as an artist what I mean by that is it's not really attached to you anymore. Um, I feel yeah. like I maybe have a couple of those that maybe are just they're just kind of in the what people sing and and people who have no clue who I am who never will know who I am. It's just songs that people that they sing to God and in their congregations, that means more to me than anything, you know, that um, from the, since I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do is help write songs that would, that people could worship God and, and seeing that happen. And it's just been, been amazing. And hearing stories of, you know, again, when people say, these are the songs that we sing in our, in our church on Sundays is that's the, that's the best to me. Yeah. Did that come from a, a background? Uh, you mentioned uh, as a kid, did that come from wanting to maybe people to sing with you instead of more of a performance thing? Or where did that come from yeah. with you? Yeah. I mean, I remember as growing, I grew up in a small little town in East Texas and my dad taught me to play when I was a kid. And I, I had, ch- I had the opportunity to play in church a lot because I was one of the only kids that could play in my youth group could play anything. So they would put me up there to play some songs and, I didn't really know what worship leader was. I'd never really heard that term. I never heard, I didn't know what any of that worship music was. I just knew that I love when people would sing with me. I went out at church. I would, when I would sing a hymn or something, people would sing along. I enjoyed that more than just singing and performing for someone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that God was wiring me that that's how he was putting this, this desire in me for that. And, but you know, Years later, when I look back on that, it's like, wow, God was putting that, that he was wiring me that way. Of like, man, it's about the people singing. It's about the congregation singing. So I started trying to write simple songs that would find their, that would be simple. People could sing and uh, to God together. And so, yeah, even from a young kid, that's what, what was a desire, was a desire inside of me. So how do the songs, uh, obviously they kind of go beyond you. The The songs are kind of more of a star in a way than, than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, again, I have a background in radio where it used to be like the label would have a single and they would put it out and y- here you play, play this song. This is the one that we want you to push. Uh, but I feel like with, with you and with, the, with this kind of wave, people are finding the songs that connect with their congregation more than, than you o- almost. Do Do you find that to be true that, that it's almost this like, Find, they're going after the song as opposed to the song being pushed on them. You know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I think that's the way that the great, um, the great songs of worship have happened. They've been very spirit led. And so they've come in, in, in what I mean is um, God's spirit has been the, uh, the marketer behind it. There's the, yeah. you know, there's not a great marketing. There's not, there's not a marketing team in the world or a record label good enough in the world to put a song all over the world and say, Hey, every church play this. There's a, there's something about something about a song when God's presence touches it, when there's a spirit on it, when there's a touch on it, that has this special thing. Some people say anointing or some people use different words, but the special touch of God that connects and man, it just, it starts going, you know, I feel like it starts going across the, the the region where you're from and then then it maybe trickles out further than it might go around the world and yeah. i've seen that a few times with with songs of mine and it's amazing how um how that happens but that is i really really believe that's got spirit on something and saying this is a this is a moment this is what this is a 
a thing to say at this moment. This is what we need to be saying as a church around the world. And it's interesting, as I've seen over the years, um, when songs like that happen, they'll be coming from all different places, but a lot of times they're saying a lot of the same things. And mm -hmm. there's a theme there that God's weaving together. Yep. And so, yes, for me, those have always been the really powerful ones that where it doesn't take a lot of like promotion, a man man's promotion, but it's just God's right. wind, God's spirit behind it. And that's what you pray for. When I, when I write songs, I pray, God, would your presence touch these songs? Your presence touch these songs in a way that, um, that people would sense your presence when they hear these songs that it would fill up their car, it would fill up their headphones, it would fill up their churches with your presence when they sing these songs and hear these songs. So we're a, we're, our ministry is a media company. We make graphics and video content for like, like sermon series and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. we get to see that in a, in a unique way also in that like a pastor might come to us and they're there, they might be doing an armor of God series or a Jonah mm -hmm. or whatever. And then this, this pastor from across the country or around the world is doing the same thing. So like we see this wave of like, okay, everybody's doing armor of God at the same time and they don't know each other. They don't know. Like, it's just so cool to see the Holy spirit. They're like, that's, that is the Holy Spirit, obviously, yes. that like everybody is, is being moved to do this yes. one thing. Do you feel that a lot with the yes. with the songs? Oh, 100 percent. And that's where the songs that's where the songs that, um, you know, worship is response you know, to God for who he is, for what he's done and for his, his goodness, his greatness, his glory. And, you know, when you when you touch into that response that people when you put in this, when you when you put words and a melody in a people's hearts that they want to say to God that they don't know how to, yeah. that, that, you know, they're not thinking about music, they're not music's not their thing, but when you help them do that and it comes from God's spirit and you, you're, you kind of feel in the flow of that. I mean, one, um, you know, one example of that is off a new record, a song called Holy Forever. And it's, it's just one of those where it feels like this is, this has a, something uh, like just to touch on it. When I, when I wrote, uh, uh, with Ed Cash, Hoop Shall Fear, God of Angel Armies. Yeah. I just sense, okay, this one feels a little bit different when, you know, when there's been certain songs that have come along, I'm like, okay, this feels a little bit different. How great is our God? Mm. This feels, okay, there's something in here a little bit different, like you're touching something in a special way. And then you're helping people respond and giving the language to people to worship God. And, and, and so that's what, that's what I, that's what I love. And that's, Mm. And, you know, when that happens, when people can, this is, man, this is what I want to say to God, but somehow you were able to help them do that. That's just the best. At this point, do you know it? Like when you're writing it, this one's, this one's going to hit or like, a, I was going to ask you some social media questions, but like, like a, a friend of mine, Yancey wanted me to ask you what song caught you by surprise or what song did you really believe in that maybe didn't catch on the way you might've thought? Mm, yes, uh, that's great. Uh, there's always, there's always been, there's, there's been a few of those, uh, probably off, um, there's a song off the late, latest on my, on my record, Holy Roar, that's called Impact. And I thought when that one came along, I thought, and I, it started with the two friends of mine and then they played the song for me. I thought that song is going to be ginormous. And I don't think anybody who's listening to this podcast has ever heard it. And it just didn't, it just, for some reason, just didn't, just didn't have whatever people and other people didn't hear it. You know, I've, I've thought 
there's been many times where I thought these are, this song is going to just be the one. I remember when we put out um, God's Great Dance Floor on yeah. the radio, radio that, yeah. and I thought, man, this is going to be the radio smash of radio smashes. And radio's like, no, nah, we're not interested. <laughs> and you know, it was amazing. It was amazing live. It was amazing concert, but like yeah. just didn't play. And still one of my most requested songs, still massive. But you know, that's when you think, oh, my gosh. This is going to be like, this is going to fill up the radio yeah. as well. When you're always yeah. trying to look for those moments yeah. that for me that like, I have those things of worship, but also can play on the radio. And that's, a, that's a delicate thing. That's an interesting thing. And dynamic, we can be a whole other podcast, but uh, you know, those are a couple that come to mind that um, I was like, Oh, but that didn't, that didn't go quite like I planned, but my, the biggest surprise of my life is how great is our God. I mean, I thought it was a special song, but never would I think that it was, a song that would transcend so much culture and so much um, language barriers and mm. so much generations. Like, I mean, I feel like from, you know, kids to grandparents sing this song and that was, you know, when you're writing it, you never think of anything like that. Wow. Yeah. I was going to ask you the, the reverse of that. So how great is our guy was definitely the one that, that caught you. Like, Oh, I was like, wow. I and I think Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, you know, I, it was the most accidental song of my career because I wasn't, I'm, obviously, I'm not looking to add something to the greatest hymn that's ever been written in the history of the world. I'm not going to be known as the, the punk who ruins that song. And that's not what I want to be known as. And I was really, that was really, sent, that was really, um, some guys came to me about the movie they were making, Amazing Grace. Yeah. Um, and they said, would you take the hymn and maybe add something to it? And I was like, there's no, I told them, there's no chance, man. People are going to, they're going to kill me. The church is going to, there's no way. And and then I read about where the hymn came from and the the story behind the hymn, Amazing Grace. I'm so moved by it with the issue, this, the, the, the time, the time period and everything that was happening around that hymn, that those words just fell out. My chains are gone. I've been set free. Those kind of words. Mm. And, and I sent that to the movie guys saying, Hey man, if you can use this for the movie, great. Never thinking I'd play it every day for the, every concert for the rest of my life. But that was another <laughs> surprise as well. Awesome. All right. I got some quick hit social media questions. And then I want to, I want to hit on the, the, your new tour uh, and what that's going to be like. So let me hit you with these. All right. So do you ever feel this comes from Jacob? Uh, are you ever worried that if you did one thing wrong, that people would jump all over you? Or do you feel like you're walking on eggshells with the platform that you have? Oh gosh, all the time. Yes. I mean, it's just, that's the nature of being, uh, in the, up on the, you know, whatever, a, a leader, in, especially in the faith space, it's a different, it's a mm -hmm. different responsibility than it is. If I was a country singer, Do you feel more expect you totally feel more expectation <sighs> on yourself. Unbelievably. So, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but you know, one of the things that I did, um, years ago is I got off all the social media mm -hmm. and I don't have it. I mean, my, my team posts for me, but I don't post, I don't know what's said. I don't care. You know, it's just like that because that's just a, that's a, that's a really bad place. It, uh, especially if you're trying to be a lead, trying to lead somebody and, you, and you're trying to lead people and be a leader, then that's not a great place to just try to always get your cues from what everybody thinks and everybody's opinion of you and, and all the things you're doing wrong and all the things that you're not doing right. right or, so that's, a, I, I feel like a lot of times that's where, um, I do feel that expectation, but that's a part of it. That is a, the, the script, but the scripture speaks to it too. It says it's a greater responsibility to be a leader. Yep. It says, you know, and that is, so it's not something that is, uh, uh, Oh, what was me? This is, this is a part of being a leader, 
But at the same time, I can't let just everybody's expectation rule when I feel like God is leading me somewhere, you know? Do you feel disconnected with that or do you feel freed up with that when not doing social media? Free, very free. Mm. Um, Yeah. So maybe I'm a, some of it, maybe I'm too disconnected sometimes because I'll have people say, have you you seen what people have been saying about you? It's like, I have no idea. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so that's a good thing. But but, um, yeah, I feel it's a, it's a very free place because here's the deal. And this is for worship leaders, especially it's for musicians, it's for pastors, anybody, but, um, when you're trying to be in a creative place, when you're trying to create things, comparison is what kills mm. creativity. It kills it. It destroys it. It's when you're always comparing yourself to others. What are others doing? Or, or I'm not doing as good or, or I'm doing better. Or you in, in social media, <clears throat> excuse me, social media is a way that always creates this comparison game of like, <clears throat> sorry, I got allergies all of a sudden it always creates this um, comparison game. You're like, you're looking and you're like, and all you do is scroll and you're seeing all these other things. And you're like, man, I should be doing that or I should be doing that or I'm not doing as good as they are. And I'm doing, and that just, that kills, that crushes. And so for me, it's a freeing place to just be, sorry, I can't breathe um, to, to, to be, you know, just um, focused right there on what I'm supposed to be doing and, and uh, where I'm supposed to be, how I'm leading um, in my music, how I'm leading my family, how I'm leading all the things. Yeah, it's good. All right, so this comes from Daryl. What are some best practices that you found to lead worship when you don't feel like leading worship? Mm, man, yeah, welcome to the human race, right? Yeah. Welcome to the thing. Um, yeah, I just uh, it just reminds me again of for the worship leaders out there and for the, the, the crew and production pastors, this is uh, – you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to be in front of people. And it's not in it. And so I think people look at us and think, wow, you must have a red phone to God and you must have this connection that I don't have. And we all know that that's not true, that we're human beings and we're flesh and blood. And, and there's days where it's just like, well, man, this is tough. And I, I'm in a, I'm in a tough place. I'm in a hard place. Um, you know, and I think that to recognize that and to, to not, and, and to not shrink from it and not say, I must be in a, I must be doing something wrong because if that's true, then the Bible, you throw the Bible out because it is full of that. I think about the Psalms, right? There's so much of the Psalms of David, which are the great songs of worship, right? Especially for the worship leader that he is just pouring his heart out. Lord, I am desperate. I am. I, I, why, why am I so downcast? He says, why am I so in a tough place? And so if David was there, then we're surely going to be there as well. And I think it's leading in the midst of it. It's just saying, you know, God, you, for this moment, you've put me in front of these people. You've given me that moment. For me, I'm always walking up there. There's times where I feel just like I struggle, but I'm always keeping in mind that this is a calling, a calling from God. And it's not just uh, something I do just for uh, just because I'm good at it or gifted at it, but I feel called to this. I, I, I felt called this since I was young and God calling me. And so, I want to, you know, the scripture says, live a life worthy of your calling. And that doesn't mean everything's going to be up and great, but it is like, okay, I'm called to this and I'm going to step into this, even if I'm not having the best day. Um, and also recognizing that it helps you recognize in your congregation too, right? That, man, you may not be getting the feedback that you're, mm. uh, that you're, that you're wanting it. Well, guess what? People may be having hard days out there as well in your congregation. And, to remember 
that not everybody is everybody's coming from different places on any given Sunday, any given time of worship. They're, they're coming, everybody's coming from different places, but we're all coming together to say, God, you're great, and remind ourselves. You know, worship is a worship is about remembering. It's about remembering who God is. It's a it's a every week we come together to remember who God is, how great He is, His grace on our life, His mercy on our life, and so even as we walk up there, not maybe coming with the best. We don't have the best stuff, you know, and I come with my best fastball today. Yeah. You still walk up and going, I remember God that your grace. I remember I'm going to bring this to people. I'm remembering myself of your goodness and your mercy in my life. How much do you share about that when you're on stage? Do you, do you share, Hey, I'm not bringing my fastball today. Or like, how much do you, you know, you don't want to overshare and be, be creepy or too transparent. But also, do you let them know? How do you balance that? Well, for me, I've always just, for me, I feel like my place is to lead people to worship. And and, and so for me, my sharing has always been just a, a, some exhortation, encouraging people like this is what this is about, reminding people of goodness of God, greatness of God. And so I've not really had a lot of moments of like, man, I'm having, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having the hardest time here. You know, that's just not mm-hmm. been my way. It's just been walking mm-hmm. up and saying, not being fake, but just saying, hey, you know, reminding people of scripture and ex- encouraging people. This is what we're, we've come to do today. And what I have found is that when you lift up God as, as great as he is, as high as holy, and you put him at the center and you, and you, and you put your, and you take your focus off yourself and you focus onto him and put people's focus onto God, all those things start shifting in your heart. And all those things start shifting, all the things that you're going through, all the things your congregation people are going through. It's amazing how it shifts when you when we when we put the focus together collectively on God's greatness and His goodness. It, it happens time after time for me. Good. All right, rapid fire, just some quick hits for you. All right, who who was your biggest musical inspiration growing up? Uh, Stephen Kershaw. Oh, dive in, great adventure, baby. Yeah. Uh, who have you met in your career that you have fanboyed over? Same answer. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that was really cool. That first one, but, um, I went to, early on, uh, when I was very first starting, I was doing a weekend, um, conference, youth conference. And I was in a hotel in Minneapolis and I went to the gym and in, there was only one other person in the gym and it was John Denver. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I mean, like for me, I mean, just growing up with country roads and, all yeah. the things I was like, that is yeah. the dude. And I didn't say a word. I just, I just stood there and I was like, this is, this is one of my heroes. And, um, I wish I would have, cause he didn't, yeah. he, he didn't live much longer after that, but I, yeah. uh, that was a cool moment. Awesome. All right. What is one thing a worship leader could do this Sunday on stage that would help people connect with God in a deeper way? Um, my buddy, Louis Giglio says it the best to lead from acceptance, not for acceptance. If you can get that right you're going to be a better leader. Good. Is there one song that you've written or, or a, a song in your catalog that's the most cringeworthy as you look back? What's the song that you want us to burn all the copies of? Mm. Oh my goodness. There's a, uh, there's some, there's some cringe. There's a, you, you take my, uh, the noise we make. I would say that's my most cringeworthy. 
it's a, there was a record called that. And I remember that album. So I, so it, I used to took, uh, take a youth and, and I was a youth group student life back way back in the day. Yeah. It was like, yeah, that, that was, the, that was song, the noise we make error right there. Listen to the song. That song is like, I listen to it now going, Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Last one. What is your most embarrassing on stage moment or biggest production fumble? Hmm. Man. Uh, thankfully I have not, I have not had a lot of embarrassing things on stage. Um, nothing, nothing, nothing huge comes to mind. Wow. Any cable mess up, mic turn off, somebody fall off the stage? uh, Um, I, I've definitely taken some tumbles, um, you know, tripped, fallen, all, all those kind of things have, you know, have had so many, yes, problems with, you know, you're in panic mode because you're embarrassed because your in-air system is going crazy and you, and no one knows that. And you can't explain it to people that, Hey, right. I right. know this sounds really bad right now, but the reason it sounds bad is I can't hear a thing. I've yeah. got like radio tower in my ear. Somebody's calling in planes to land while I am trying to sing a song, yeah. all the things, you know, I've had all that. And so, for me, it's been personally embarrassing. For everybody else, everybody's like, oh, that was a great night. I'm like, really? That was the <laughs> hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. Yeah, good. All right, well, man, as I leave you, I'm so excited about this new tour. Uh, it's called Stories of Worship. You're sharing, like, the the origins. You're sharing the, the stories behind the songs, right? Yes. I've wanted to do this tour for a long time. And, well, not, not this tour, but this kind of night where I just thought, man, it would be amazing. My wife always says... When we leave your concerts, no one really knows who you are. You get up there and leave these great songs, these big songs. But personally, no one kind of knows who you are. Be that's great, great man. I, I think that's a huge compliment to you. That like, I, I, you know, it's it's not a fame thing or it's not. The, the songs are the stars and the worship yeah. is the is the star. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go, go ahead. No. So I just thought, man, we want, it'd be really cool just to at some point to do a tour where I just share a little bit more and share a bit of where these songs come from and the stories. And I have found that when I've done that and I've done like small gatherings that it has been like exponential, the power of the songs of what they mean to people. And when people hear some of the stories behind them or people come with their own stories of, of these songs. So I think people will be very encouraged this night. Can you give us a taste of one of the stories that you share? Um, yeah. Uh, I won't share the song, but I will say that I ran into a pastor from Syria, which says enough right there to me. Um, and it was a, one of the guys that, as I talked to him, I thought, Whew, if, it's, if, it's, if you're a Christian, I'm not, I must not be one because you're in a different wow. like, different level, you know, just it's life and death every day. Jesus was all families Islam. He lives in a pure Islam village and pure Islam country. And he said, Jesus started coming to me in dreams and just started dreams, dreams, dreams. And every night I'd have dreams about Jesus saying, follow me. And, uh, he said, I, I started following Jesus and I started sharing the gospel and I've been sharing the gospel in, in this village in Syria with people. And I've been threatened. I've been my brothers. I mean, he, the stories he was telling me were miracle after miracle after miracle of, of of them saying to this on this Friday, you're, we're going to take you to the court. We're going to take, we're going to end your life and we're going to take you to the court square, right in the courtyard of the village and end your life. If you don't, if you, if you keep talking about Jesus, all these things, and he said, things would happen. And 
those people would go away. Those people would die. Those people would, and he said, and I would just keep, I'm, I'm just keep going. I'm just meeting this guy going. And my friend, I was talking with another friend and he said, uh, it was three of us there. And he said, we ever heard of Christian music? And the, the pastor said, no, I have no idea what that is. And, and, uh, and my friend just linked, winked at me and, and we, the guy went on telling more miracle stories just, and, and then he stopped me. He goes, actually, there's one song. Actually, I know I've heard of one song. I know one song. And, uh, he started telling me the lyrics and I won't tell you because you have to wait yeah. to the concert. But I started bawling my eyes out and I was thinking, how do I write a song in my apartment? And it makes its way to a pastor in Syria. And this is, he said, every morning I get up and I think this could be my last day on earth, but this is, the, he goes, I play this song and I sing this song and I walk out. And he remember he said, you want to hear it in Arabic? And I was like, Okay. And he grabs his phone. He had one song on his phone and it was that song. And he play, starts playing it in Arabic. And I was like, how, how Lord, how do you do this? And, and he just get, he gives me this big old hug and just, I was thinking, man, um, what a moment. And I think it's a reminder of people out there that are, this is life and death every day. And, you know, for people and, um, the, and just how, how, the lifeline of, of a song of worship can be um, for myself and for others that I never know. I never knew was, was reaching into a little village in Syria in Arabic. Well, man, I, I know that you hear stories like that, and then I'm probably the opposite is true. Maybe people come up to you and and, and blow smoke or or puff you up. How do you? do you do you sit back and think, God, why? How in the world are you using a dude like me? Like how how did this happen how do, what are those thoughts in your mind um yeah I, I absolutely i mean i come from a you know i don't there's nobody in music in my family there's nobody in ministry there's no i i come from a very small little town pretty humble beginnings i never dreamed it I, god just placed put these songs uh, on my heart and opened up doors i never i share that i share that story of, of share the story of how this all happened for me musically. That yeah. was nothing I ever planned. I wasn't trying to do it. And God just kept opening these doors and making it very, very apparent. that This is where he's leading me, even though I was like, I don't know. I don't even know how to do this. Hmm. And so, yeah, I always look back and think, man, this is, this is God's doing. And, and I just want to be faithful to, to that in every way I can. That's incredible, man. Well, thank you so much for the time. Uh, you guys can get tickets for the Stories of Worship tour in a city near you. You can go to christomlin.com for tour dates and to purchase tickets. Chris, grateful for the time, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, buddy. Great to talk to you. All right, bud. Later. Hey, guys, let me give you a quick way to connect with your volunteers outside of Sunday to help you build a dynamic volunteer culture at your church. This is going to sound super simple. I want you to text them. In today's world, texting has become a quick and easy way to stay connected. Send your volunteers a message of encouragement or simply let them know that you're looking forward to serving with them on Sunday. So here are some simple, encouraging, quick text ideas. You can say, praying for you this week as you're in school or work or home. You can also say your hard work and dedication to serving our church community is deeply appreciated and makes a huge difference. You could say you are an essential part of our church family. We're so grateful for your willingness to serve. Or you could say 
Thank you for your selfless service and for putting the needs of others before your own. You could say your contributions as a volunteer are invaluable and make our church a better place. And lastly, your time and effort are greatly appreciated, and we are blessed to have you as part of our team. So as a leader, it is important for you to build relationships with your volunteers, especially outside of Sunday. Not only will this create a sense of community and belonging within your church, it will also help your volunteers feel valued and feel appreciated. So making Sunday happen involves more than volunteers, more than people just pushing buttons or making the right fader move. Our most important job, our secret sauce, is pastoring our people. Hey guys, hanging out with Jason Noble, host of the Kidman Tribe podcast. This is a great podcast for kids, ministry leaders, and volunteers. Jason, tell me some of the guests that you've gotten to interview over the year that this podcast has been released. Yeah, it's been incredible just to see just the the voices that we've been able to speak to. We've talked to people like Brian Dollar, Jim Weidman, Yancey, Dave and Jess Ray, um, Karen Kingsbury, uh, Matt Markins, Ryan Frank, Jason Hauser, across the board. I mean, incre- Miss Patty K. I mean, we've had some. Don't incredible- forget Miss Patty K. You cannot I'm- forget Miss Patty K. <laughs> <laughs> and e- even people that you wouldn't necessarily think of as kids ministry leaders, but people that are in the industry of entertainment for kids. Um, just, uh, it's been incredible just to like to think about who we're able to talk to. And I promise you, there's some great tools and some great training and encouragement in the podcast. Go check it out today at KidmanTribe.com, where all of the archives are. You can also find out every other week we have new a new podcast that launches on there and a great blog. So we'll see you there. Thanks so much, and God bless you. The show notes for this episode are available now at MakingSundayHappen.com. Hey, guys, what a privilege it was to have Chris on the show today. I hope you enjoyed today's milestone episode. Next week on the show, I welcome Greg Shields from In-Ears Audio and Top Shelf Music. Greg is the lead singer of a band called Cashed Out. And I'll be talking with Greg about in-ear monitors. From a beginner level to intermediate, I'll ask him how to choose the right in-ear monitors for you and your worship team and more. That's next week on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you would so that you never, ever miss an episode. We'll go out there and create some incredible worship experiences at your church this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.